Spoonful of Paolo, here we go. Hey guys, it's Paolo. So I am so excited because today I get to talk to the beautiful, talented, Emmy Award winner, Tamron Hall. Now you guys know that I am a talk show junkie and I love the Tamron Hall show. So I am so excited. I'll see you guys with Tamron. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, Tamron Hall, hi. Good to see you. It's been, what, I don't know, probably 15 years? I think so, yeah. And it's, I have to say, it's an honor to have you on A Spoonful of Paolo. It's our 10th season. I have been watching you, obviously, for like years. And I am just, I'm so proud of you. I really am. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You know, it's been quite a journey, as the case with your career. Mm -hmm. And we knew each other when I was still, what, in local news yeah. in Chicago. Yes. You had just gotten your big break. Yeah. Um, being featured on the Oprah show to pursue your dreams and a lot has changed but I think the thing I love most is that we've stayed I hope the people that we've always been which is what's important to oh, me oh yes and, and, and amen to that you know I want to say congratulations to you for a couple of things first of all on your well-deserved Emmy like to you and your entire show and also that your show got picked up for season three which is huge <sighs> I mean, I think I read somewhere that the last time a talk show with a single host got picked up for season three was in 2013. And here you are. I am so happy for you. Oh, you know, Tamron, you. when you when you, you know, take a step back and, you know, and you, you know, you're driving to the studio and you see your Tam fam and, you know, your name is on the show. What does that feel like for you? What, what does that feel wow. like? You know, it's surreal in many ways. Obviously, coming in every day and into the studio and seeing my name and and that the show is something that I dreamed of and, and helped create. It, it There's a lot of responsibility that I didn't expect, not in the sense of hard work, because we were always, and I'm always prepared to put that in, the responsibility I feel for my team. You know, they come in every day rooting for me. It's not just a job. They come in rooting for the show. And it compels me, Paolo, every day to read my research, to look for the best guests, to remember who I am as a person and bring that to each and every show. The responsibility when our show uh, was halted due to the pandemic and shutting down all the theaters here, it weighed on me both for my own family, but for their families too. So it's very different than working for a network where, you know, the network goes on, that's a network, but I feel like a small business owner in a way, and I'm a mom and pop, and every day we're getting out there doing it. When I see my fans, and it's weird to call them fans because I see them as family, say, I rooted for you, or I knew you'd get this, or how's baby Moses? It's, oh, it's almost indescribable. The gratitude is overwhelming for me in a good way. And I just, I often think about what my grandfather, who's no longer with us, or what my father, who's no longer with us, what they would think and say. Wow, it's so beautiful. I mean, you think of your life. I mean, you started working at 14. I think at 18, you started working in television. At 27, you started doing morning television. And then just last month, you celebrated your 50th birthday on your own show. Like, you take a step back and you see your journey. Can you, do you say to yourself that, wow, I, I really have made it to the dream? Like, can, can you see that? You know, I don't know. Because, and in, in, I'll be honest with you, in some ways, I am surprise in other ways i am not and th let me explain what i mean by that and that my grandfather always said you can do anything you want obviously he didn't know that a black woman could host her own show he was born in 1901 you know the representation of uh, people of color was limited and, and in many cases painful 
what you would see on television as a representation of us. So he told me I could do anything. So I grew up with that mindset of knowing that I could do anything. What that anything was, wasn't always clear. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a give and take. Some days I, I say, of course I'm supposed to be here. I worked hard and my grandfather said I could do it. And I found something that I loved and I leaned in on it. And then other days, of course, I look around and I, holy moly, I'm here. This is crazy. This is what? I got an Emmy? Are you kidding me? So it's this, it's this weird sensation of believing that I am supposed to be here, but still being in awe of yeah, being here. It's true. I know because it's so funny because I have that quote, your, grandfa your grandfather would always say to you that you could do anything. It's in my notes. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I mean, look, cause you grew up in Luling, like Texas. At the time, I think there was only a thousand people. I read that the streets weren't even paved until like the 80s. You know, your mom who gave birth to you, she, she was 19 years old. You grew up very poor. And then you get this, you know, your grandfather saying you could do anything. Do you yeah. think that had a huge impact having, you know, your grand father and your mom and these strong people telling you look look where we are but don't give up believe in yourself you know without a doubt and I think that that's why it's so important what we tell children what we show children um, they can accomplish I'm a living example of that and now I'm a mom and I look at my son and you know he picks up the ball and I say go get the ball Moses and he picks it up and I'm like yes the affirmation and joy um, that comes when he accomplishes something or he does a little flip and he immediately turns to myself or my husband for that validation. We need it. Now it can't control us because you do have to at some point bet on yourself. And that's what I believe I did when I left my prior job. But the affirmation and the courage and love that we pour into children, and honestly, even in each other. I tell people, Paolo, so much of my return to TV was because people rooted for me. And we like to believe that we root for each other, that it's a two-way street. And I think that folks would come over to me and say, Tamron, go get them. Because they knew and believed that if I ever met them, I'd say, go get your dream, Paolo. Go get it. You can do it. And I think that that's a big part of my childhood, my upbringing, my grandfather rooting for me. It's been a continuous thread of people rooting for me in this career, while I hope I'm always rooting for others. And that's really just a part of the essence of what we pour into each other. I happen to be a mom now, but I was a non-mom for 49 years. I hope I poured that kind of encouragement into friends, into family members that I now pour into my child that I got from my grandfather. Oh, I mean, I was cheering you on when you left the Today Show. I was there cheering you on. I remember you said when one door closes, another one opens. And then recently you said, um, I'm from the South and there's a saying, it's not a setback. It's a setup for something else. That law yeah. set me up for, yes, a dream job, but also my baby, my husband, my family. Amen. Well said. Yeah. It's so true. Thank you. Thank you. You don't know. You know, I... We did a show today on dating in, you know, modern dating and what is it like to date, you know, today, especially with so many things going on. And I said, you know, I remember many exes where I thought this is the one God, why isn't this working out? Why, you know, this is I we're in sync and he doesn't get it or I and or having boyfriends say, don't you see I bring this to your life and we're just not in my mind, imagine that time and you get to a point when you're single and you might want to give up and you think there's just no way, there's no one out there. I'm going to be good by myself. I'm going to do it by myself. I'll be fine. And then suddenly you end up 
stumbling into or deliberately finding that right match. And I think that for me, so much of life is represented that way. The things that I did not get at the time or the things that I believe I lost always led me to the right thing. So past relationships that didn't work out and I dated some really wonderful guys, but they weren't right for me and I wasn't right for them, led me at 50 to the life and love that I have now. Losing a spot on the Today Show. Quite honestly, losing other jobs. I was working at Sears. I think I got fired once. You know, all of these things that you think are a setback. For me, in real time, sometimes, become so clear. You know, I read a book. It's called The Path of Light. And it talks about the universe conspiring to give us the things we really want, not the things we think we want. And so often we will say that, oh yeah, I really wanted that. I sure would like to go to Italy. All right, you say it in passing with no conviction and direction versus I'm going to Italy. I'm going to make this happen. I'm gonna set aside the money. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna to go to Italy. I'm gonna save up all my vacation time. The universe helps conspire to make that happen. So when you say, you know what, I'm going to get in this business despite there being very few women of color who anchor the news, who go onto the national stage, and I'm gonna put my head down, I'm gonna do my work, I'm gonna work hard, and I'm gonna get it. I didn't know it would be my own show, but I knew that I was calling for something specific, and it manifests. Wow, I'm so glad it took you to your own show because honestly, when yeah. you started season one, I emailed your team and I said, Tamron <laughs> is in the right place at the right time because you were meant <gasps> you were meant for this. I, I mean, honestly, you're, the conversations you have on your show, there's no other daytime that's doing that right now. And it's so real. And um, even like uh, your executive producer, Candy Carter, which she said recently, yeah. it was so good. She said, uh, Tamron Hall provides a current and relevant platform for people to come tell their stories. It's true. Um, yeah. Was that the intention you always had for the Tamron Hall show was to stick with that? Absolutely. You know, listen, in the beginning, when I pitched the show to Disney, that was always the intention of the show. That's always what I wanted. I wanted a conversation, this traditional daytime talk show where we could talk about anything from fashion to love to the tough conversations that come with life. We just had a very tough conversation on people who were verbally abusing little kids working at the Walmart because they asked them to put the mask on. Like, what in your mind makes you yell at the barista because the company wants you to wear a mask? It's bizarre to me. So. That was the intention, but as you know, in this business, it's any other business, you start with your intention and then, you know, people tweak things or change things or convince you, what about this? What about that? And that happened in the first season where, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's try this. And, and I said, okay, but that's really not what I want to do, but let's test it out. And each and every time it kept going back to the storytelling, which is always what I wanted to do. I didn't want anything kitschy. I, I wanted to talk to people, even our dating segment today. I didn't want some gimmicky, you know, bachelorette style knockoff. Tamron's going to send you on a date. I wanted to talk about what it's really like to date right now and look for love. So we cleared out some of the clutter, cleared out some of the gimmicks that people tell you you have to do. And honestly, because of the pandemic, we were forced to strip away all of the smoke and mirrors and get down to the brass tacks of a conversation. And then Candy Carter, I was so fortunate that Candy Carter from the Oprah Winfrey Show and Kristen Graham from the Oprah wanted to join the team. And they are 
amongst the best storytelling producers in this business. So having those two allies now with me and all we had to do was to focus, get all the junk out and say, let's have this real conversation that can be inspiring, that can make you laugh, that can, you know, in, you know, um, in some cases, have you crying, but wanting you to find a solution, wanting you to find help. Yeah, we did a show on consent. I, over the uh, break, I was watching I May Destroy You with Michaela Coel, this very powerful HBO show about consent in the year 2020. Just gut-wrenching but powerful conversation needed to be had. We did a whole show on consent and the response from it. And what we tried to do, Paula, was approach it from a modern conversation because there are sadly areas that people still think are gray. And the next day, we're able to talk about something that made us all smile. So it's, it's like when we go to dinner, you know, you sit down and you say, okay, I'm going to talk a little sports. I might talk a little politics. Well, maybe not. I'll talk fashion. I'll talk love. I'll talk friendships. How's your mother? How's it going? What was your first job? Yeah, all of that is what we come to do each and every day. And if we stick to that storytelling, if we stick to that we will have content forever. We won't run out of topics. Yeah, I, I see that. We even have, like, I ordered through your website, Terminal. So look, we have your can. Oh, my God. Look, and my husband, I said, today is not a spoonful of Palo. Today, I said, you're not wearing, I said, you're wearing this shirt as well. So I even made my husband wear it because we got, we are supporting you, girl. Okay. Um, look. <laughs> and meanwhile, I was looking at the drip of the jacket. I was coveting the jacket. <laughs> look. <laughs> Um, okay, so look, you've had spectacular guests this season. I mean, you really have from Andrew Gillum, your first, it was first episode of the season two, which you did such, I mean, I applaud you, beautiful, well done, to, I know today when this airs, you are going to be talking to Tamar Braxton, um, who I'm a huge fan of. I know she's been in so many people's thoughts and prayers. Um, yeah. What can you tell us? You like, Give us a little preview for today's interview. You know, listen, I, I just got goosebumps when you asked me about her. Um, I, listen, I don't take it lightly that she is talking with us for the first time. She's estranged from her family. She has attempted to take her own life. She's a mother. And she says it stems from a betrayal of trust. And for me, it's important to listen to Tamar, but make sure that you who are watching get the real Tamar. I think so often in reality TV, at least those that I've spoken with, Stasi Schroeder, Nene Leakes, all very different individuals, but I think some part of them gets lost in the reality of the show, the drama of the show. And we are trying to, or I wanna know, does Tamar Braxton even know who she is anymore? Did the drama become addictive? And why or how this close-knit family that we fell in love with, you know, the mom and the sisters, and they're not talking anymore. Oh, it's so deep. It's so, it's complicated. It's, it's hard. So it's so deep. It is. And we're going to give it time to breathe and, and, and time to um, give her time to explain. I do and I will ask her about the allegations of domestic violence leveled against her from her former fiance. And I thought long and hard about how to handle this, Paolo, because 
you know, my sister was murdered. I don't take domestic violence lightly. And we don't often hear from men who say that they are the victims of domestic violence. So I want to go through this step by step with her to find out what she says happened. And I can't go in treating his allegations lightly because he's a man. I don't know what happened there, but I can't go in saying, oh, he's a guy he, or, you know, he's just trying to take advantage of her. This is the allegation and I want to push her to answer and clarify. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, I painted my finger purple this morning in honor in memory of your sister, actually, in honor of you being a guest on our show. Um, and because it's National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I know how much this means to you and your family. I saw your interview with your nephew earlier this month. Um, it was a beautiful conversation. So um, in memory of your sister, our web show, Spoonful of Paolo, it's a little web show, but we're going to be donating $500 to the Safe Horizon, the Tamron Hart Renata uh, Fund, okay, in memory of your sister. You yeah. are so, okay. Now you're going to make me cry my eyelashes no, off. No, 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 and no. then I'm going to have to come over there and take the jacket to hide my face. Yeah, I found a way to take your jacket. Thank you, Paolo. I'm so happy for yeah. everything that you're doing. I know that you do that web show because you love people. You love the conversation. You're a sweet soul that I met many, many years ago. No pun on the, pot, on the, the spoonful of sugar, but it is. Yeah. You're wonderful. And oh. I'm just happy that we finally got together because I was so tired of all your fans. Oh, my God. On my Twitter every day. I don't respond what? sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I don't Why respond. I know. I know. Oh, my God. We're going to yeah. end. Oh, go, we're going to end with this, Tamron, um, because I've been asking our last guest, you know, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, you know, Vanessa Williams, uh, Lonnie Love, you know, voting is just, it's Tuesday. It's the last day to vote. So, you know, for those who don't have a plan or are still undecided, what do you want to say to them to just to say, hey, this, you know, it's so important, this election to get out there and vote. What do you want to say to them who have not yet voted? I'll be honest with you, Paul. I've never voted because a celebrity told me to vote. I voted because of the people in my family because of the people I surround myself with each and every day. And what I hope um, is a better world that we can provide. So I tell people, think about your grandparents, think about your nieces, your nephews, your uncles, your cousins, your friends, those who paved the way for you who are not here anymore, and those that you root for on their future. And do it for them. No celebrity can tell you that because you're not gonna love anyone or anything more than the people in your family. So that's how I see it. That's really, I love that, beautifully said. I also can't wait for this Friday for the Halloween episode because I remember last year oh, you dressed up as a legendary Diana Carroll, like I, and, and I'm a huge fan of Dynasty, hello Dominique. So you did it so good, so I can't wait for this Friday. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be good. I'm gonna be looking for your tweet. And okay, I, can't wait to hear okay. what you say. I promise you, I will. Okay, I want to okay. say thank you so much. I want everyone to check your local listing. If you don't know where it's playing, the Tamron Hall Show, go to the TamronHallShow.com. All you gotta do is put in your zip code, and voila, there it is. Tamron, I'm so truly, truly happy for you. Like you, you deserve this so much. I think you're just a phenomenal woman, and I applaud you. I love watching you every day, and continue success to you and your beautiful family. So I just, I want to say that. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>
Thanks for joining me today on the A Spoonful Apollo podcast. For tons more interviews or the video version of this episode, visit our website, aspoonfulapollo.com or our YouTube channel. I'm Paolo Presta, and I hope you always remember to dream big. Dream big. Spoonful Apollo! (laughs) 